<laughs> Is that... Hang on. Sorry, the word fuck just appeared in front of Travis's uh, video. <laughs> did, you, did you not see that? No, like his, his video is totally frozen, but just his screen appeared blue for a second and F-U-K in all caps. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that's um, a new a new thing in Skype. Like if he just put that in chat and we saw it over, over top his uh, video there. <laughs> but anyway. Hello and welcome back to RTFB. This is Travis, and today Chris, other Chris, and I are chatting about Valerian and Loreline, which, if you're just checking in, is the long-running comic book series that was later made into the movie Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. If you're trying to read along to avoid movie spoilers, well, that's very commendable, but in this case not really a requirement, since it turns out the movie isn't directly based on any of the story arcs we're talking about today. But if you aren't reading along, let me say, A, you're missing out on some great stuff, and B, I mean, we're going to summarize and do our usual thing, but it just doesn't do the comic the justice that it deserves. So if you have one, go pay a visit to your local comic book shop or indie bookstore. They might not have this book, but I guarantee they will have something worth your while. Also, since this is the only book episode this season, this is where our favorite listeners will reclaim that status and pick up their code word slash phrase, which this time around is Soothe Bubble. Soothe Bubble. And if you know, you know what that will be useful for later on. Okay, enough chatting. Back to my conversation with the Chris's already in progress. Working now? Okay, oh. now everything's working. All son, right. of a, son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, wow. I, I don't know. So, I don't know why I'm So is this you. what it's like to be old? <laughs> yeah, I think so. When when you're like, like, I don't, let me call in my grandson to tell me how the computers work. Hold <laughs> uh, on, yeah. Skype yet? is having problems. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my kids are using too much of the Wi-Fi, so I had to go to the hard line. Yeah. Oh yeah, that definitely sounds like a we're old or you could, or you could, you know, tell your kids to like just fucking watch some YouTube for a while. Get off. <laughs> just shout at them. Get off the phone. I need the. I need the phone line. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Goddamn kids. Or you could just uh, since <laughs> since you're plugged in now, you could just turn the Wi-Fi off. That's right. Oh. Of course, then they'll be in here being like, "I don't know why I can't get on to Fortnite." So yeah, fix this yeah. for me, Dad. Yeah. You know what? I will fix it for you in a fucking hour. <laughs> <laughs> I rebooted Leave it. It's going to take an hour. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No, tell him. Tell him you got to call the guy to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. Guy's gonna come out. No, we gotta. We gotta wait until Monday. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe when you're done with school, it'll be fixed. Yeah. Maybe if we're lucky. 
Yeah. Go do your homework. Yeah. Read a book. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever had it where absolutely every part of the process wasn't working. Like the recording didn't mm-hmm. go. Skype quit three times. Stupid. So yeah. I'm on the backup recording for me, but I think it'll be okay. Meanwhile, uh, all of my shit worked fucking flawlessly the first time. God damn nice. it. This is yeah. your fault. Usually, yeah. usually mine does too, but I was surprised when we signed in. It was just, I could hear you mm-hmm. and nothing else. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, anyway. guys? Oh my god. How are you guys? It's been like a long time. It has. Mm-hmm. What the hell? It really has. I had to like travel, like everyone was traveling everywhere. Everyone was traveling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your kid was like running all fast. Yeah, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And yeah. like going to cat cafes and shit. Mm-hmm. Cat cafes. <laughs> you had to have like ketchup Doritos. Ketchup Doritos from That's the Great exciting. White North. Yeah. <laughs> These true right. Canadian um, flavors. And Danielle is desperate for updates about the new kittens, so... Oh, they're, uh, they're kittens. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Are they um, letting you sleep? Yeah. Yeah. They they sleep a lot because mm-hmm. they are cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're tiny. And, and also, also because uh, even though they're young, there's two of them, so they keep each other entertained. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, and yeah. they're locked in a room away from our other cat, who is all apprehensive about everything. Yeah, probably like, yeah. why the fuck did you bring them home? She, she's more or less like, you just keep them over there. <laughs> we will be okay yeah. as long as right. you just keep them over there, which right. you know is not gonna, it's not gonna stay that way, obviously. Right, right. But. uh yeah, for now they are sequestered. Yeah, that Makes probably sense. helps too. Because like when we brought Lucy home, and Ethel was like, "I'm going to murder this cat as soon as you're not looking." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to keep them very separated. So mm-hmm. Lucy didn't appreciate that at night, but yeah, they are very cute. Yes, yeah, and that's the important part. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That's why we bring them into our homes. Yeah. <laughs> Precious kittens. Little, little fucking murder machines. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Ready to shred everything you own. Oh, yeah. And one of the, uh, one of the questions on the application at the shelter for the uh-huh. adoption was like, what do you think about letting cats outside? And I was like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's to. a trick question. Yeah. yeah, I'm right. pretty sure they're like, oh, if, if you're just like, yeah, whatever, I let my cats outside. They're like, yeah, we're not going to let you adopt. Right. Like your cats are going to murder all the birds in your neighborhood. So, yeah. No. And not, not only that, but they'll probably die. Right. Yeah. Um, they will feed and, a local coyote. Yes. And, Unfortunately. Uh, everything I've read says even, even if they don't die outside by something directly, uh, it shortens their lifespan if you let them go outside by like, Oh, yeah. Five years or something. Jeez. They get diseases. Yeah. They it's other cats also, come out. Ferals. It's also very stressful, and they yeah. fight. And uh, yeah, yeah. Lots of lots yeah. of bad things about letting cats go outside. <laughs> yeah. We've aside gotta... aside from the uh, you know the bird genocide. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if they're outside, you can't see them, and then you yeah. can't. Yeah, they're not them. as fun. Yeah. And then they're like covered in fleas, and you're like, I don't really want to touch you now. Yeah, right. and they're not soft. 
But yeah. we've Isn't got that a... the reason to have a cat is for it to be soft. Yes. I mean that that's a big part of it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A big part of the appeal of cats. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> They're soft and they ideally come lay on you. Yeah. Or near you so you can pet them. Or yep. Yeah, well, unless you have yeah, someone if... who's way more appealing that lives with you, and then you just always watch your wife have the cats. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that does that's, happen. Uh, that's Sharon's life, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. Unfortunately. Well, maybe these and new so, ones will be a little different. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that was kind of the idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Is, she's spending uh, time with them so they get comfortable. She's, exactly. And, you know, if they're all spending time with her, then Dongo's probably still going to be like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. Yeah. Aw. Sure. <laughs> Sweet Dongo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, something not cute that I realized we didn't mention last time. Uh-huh. One of the guys, uh, the artist, Monsieur Messier, passed away this year. What? Like really? in January. In oh. January? Yeah. So, man, like, man. rest in peace, my man. Like, right? Yeah, that fucking sucks. Seriously. Yeah. <sighs> I was trying it's to figure out... that age, and they're all, like, gallivanting around the U.S. in, like, the late 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. that's the weird part. He's not exactly a young dude, but still. Yeah. Still. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was what? He was born in uh, 38, so... Mm. Nice long life. Yeah, like 84, if I'm doing math yeah. quickly enough. And, you know, probably full of fucking butter and wine. <laughs> right? <laughs> Delicious red wine and Mine baguettes. Yeah. And yeah. chocolatine, probably. And, mm-hmm. and, and brie. Yeah. We're doing yeah. it wrong in America. Well, I was trying to look up, because I'm looking in through... Uh, Reading the comic, I was trying to figure out how it appeared in Pilote when it came out. Because it seemed like the pages were divided in half, so I wanted to see like a scan of like the original pages. The but... original comic, mm-hmm. yeah. That, yeah. I, I get what you mean, like top and bottom. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost like a wide format if you looked at it that way. Right. So I guess maybe there were some other magazines that had it split up that way, but... As far as I can tell, in the the original version, it was like how they have it in this one, where it's like a full page. Mm. So I wonder, I wonder size wise how it compares. Yeah, uh, I probably won't be able to pull it up again, but it seemed like newspaper size, so you know, wow. like probably a what three. Wow. I don't know what size they would be, but it looked like a newspaper print size. So that's. I'm I'm really jealous of kids that got to seriously, read this. yeah. And like the guy had scans of this book that we have and like the original one, and like yeah. the colors looked just as vibrant and just as good. I'm like, this would have been awesome. Something. Yeah, yeah, I like. I was really fucking struck while I read this. By the way, I I just have to get this out of the way now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I fucking loved reading this. Yeah. Like, as soon as I finished, I ordered the other two volumes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, I... Goddamn. Uh, yeah. But but thinking thinking about what it must have been like to, to be a kid, like, in 1970 or whatever, reading this. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. Like, it's <laughs> it was just overwhelming for me at yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, I... 
uh, especially the first one, uh, like, I really loved it. Like, oh, yeah. It's really goofy and cartoony, but, like, really well drawn and yes. colorful and sumptuous, so. Like, like that was, that was uh, exactly my, my thought, was, like, uh, it, it is, like, this pulpy sci-fi schlock, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But like the way that it the way that it just transitions almost immediately into this like uh sort of European fantasy setting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like all of the yeah, all of the backgrounds, all of the all of the backgrounds, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, like, absolutely. It was it was so immersive. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, I like can't say enough good stuff about the art in this. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like one of my first notes uh that I have written down is like we're going to talk about what happens in the comic in a little bit, but like it's not even close to like the full experience. Like you can't no. right. you can't get the full value without looking at the the art. And that would yeah, be what I... keeps me coming back to this two or three times later. Like yeah. I don't care what they're saying, I just want to look at it. Yeah. So you, you like, you could just flip through this, I feel mm-hmm. like, and get so much out of it. Yeah. And like, um, the way that it, uh, seems to either, like, I, I am not sure of the history and mm-hmm. there is a little blurb at the beginning, which I didn't fully read. I just kind of skimmed through. Um, but it is super cool to see like all of the, all of the influences one way or the other. Yeah. Of like all of the rest of sci-fi, right. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you can yeah. you can really see where like like the shitty Italian B movies picked up <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, yeah, you can you can see like uh, like it it had like a very heavy like mystery science theater feel at yeah. times because of that. That yeah. like this is this is where I saw all these shitty B movies. You know, right. Mm-hmm. And like you see their their designs and everything and where they must have picked them up from uh you know, like older movies, and then you can see where newer movies grab stuff from them. Mm-hmm. Like man, it it's just such a again, going back to what it must have been like to be a kid in, in like nineteen seventy and like all of this stuff would have been something that you're totally unfamiliar with because you probably haven't seen all of these right. shitty movies. Right. And then like to, to see all of this stuff that would be influential on other things later, you're, you know, you're seeing it essentially before it becomes like this giant cultural phenomenon. So right. it's an, an entirely new thing. Yeah. And I know they talked about, uh, I think probably in that same blurb you were mentioning about how it had influences like pretty directly on Star Wars, but yes, to your mm-hmm. point, if you read this as a kid, I don't know how you would escape that visual when you're doing your own thing. Like that's got to have had a big impression on absolutely anyone who read it. So, and and like I like totally totally get like the sort of like my feeling while I was reading it was just short of like glee (laughs) like that's great i i really i really felt that like 
that that same sort of I guess connection to the people that would have been reading it and yeah. the people that were writing it and like I know exactly why uh, Luke Besson was so attracted to it. Right. Yeah. And again, I think we talked about this last time, why he might have turned around and then made like the fifth element after this. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and see a lot of that stuff come out in it too. Right. The, you know, the, the, the weirdness of like the, the, all of the alien species like coming mm-hmm. together in one place and like, like doing some fucking weird shit, like an operatic <laughs> performance. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh-huh. A sort of orgy, I guess. A sort of orgy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Non-penetrative, I don't think, but, you know. Nothing nothing on the page. Right. You know. It's <laughs> in nothing, the margins. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's between the scenes, you yeah. know. So we've got uh, two enthusiastic recommendations. What do you say, Chris? Shrug. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as taken with it? Um... I mean, I liked the content mm-hmm. of it. I didn't really like the style in the first story, yeah. the first issue. I thought it was just a little too cartoony mm. for my take, but it yep. worked very well, everything that they did with it anyways. So yeah. that's a plus for that. But I've never been a super huge fan of comic styles from that time period or the right. animation from then. So that's just me. Yeah, like The yeah. stories are always enjoyable. Yeah, but but yeah, all the other extra like visual stuff in it was actually really awesome, and it right. made, especially as it progressed through the arcs and stuff, it made all the environments they were in feel pretty yeah. real and like approachable, even though it's all you know comic stuff and whatnot. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like like if you're not used to it, the the character design I guess would be yeah. the thing. Yeah, well, especially um, the first one felt very Asterix. Yes, which I guess yeah. makes sense, especially with that's some the of the they were in, but yeah, with some of the enemy like background characters they encountered, I'm like, this is like straight out of that. Yeah, yeah, but... absolutely. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you like, uh, but I just caveman, dark ages, yeah, looking type right. dude. But mm-hmm. I got that going in. I'm like, well, it's definitely of its time and it's mm-hmm. it is. Place. So that works yeah. for it, and it worked out. Like the story is still great and fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And I did enjoy the the fantasy world because instead of just going back in time, they did really kind of go to like more of a fantasy Europe. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun, and they that did a was lot of cool fun. stuff with that in the story. Um, I don't think I'd realized that Laureline was from that time period until I read oh, it. Oh yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, and and that was uh, uh, like like the first tick mark i guess in like oh laureline is awesome <laughs> like that yeah. was that was the very first thing yeah. and that's um, like i love that's the subtle thread throughout everything is like she's just awesome and does all this awesome right. crap and like she, no one really notices well like like it you know it's it's that same thing of like uh what they they call her uh his assistant right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at one point but like it, it, Basically, every part of the story is like she's she's the one who fucking solves the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like she's the one who actually like makes shit happen, and it's really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, Valerian just almost like this bravado. Yeah, but Valerian. I will give them points too. Like in the very beginning, when he's hanging out with his other like 
time travel core people like uh-huh. getting a coffee. It's like it's two women, and it's uh-huh. a black woman and a Vietnamese woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really cool nod to like everyone being cool in the future. Because when they started yeah. coming out, that's only like a few years post colonial wars that France oh, had yeah. <laughs> over yeah. these places and like dealing with that. So I'm like. Yep. Good on you, fellas. Good on you for showing. <laughs> That's the, right. That's you right. You know, hey, this shit isn't going to matter in the future. Like we're all going to be friends. Yeah, so. in in seven hundred years, we'll all just be people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but until then, it got plants people the idea about She Hulk. Oh, uh, so we're not quite there yet, but yeah, making pro- <laughs> making progress. <laughs> so, so going back to the uh, character designs. Mm-hmm. What uh my like very first note I think while I was reading this was that Valerian mm-hmm. most French looking motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> uh huh. Like like the like the jaw and the nose and the mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. Like I, like he's he's pretty much a French caricature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he looked like Bruce Campbell in the first one. And a maybe it was guy. just because he was going back in time to do like medieval stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so I was thinking I, of, that would that would contribute so. Army of mm-hmm. Darkness, but but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also want to. I like, think it's the. I think it's the chin. Definitely, the yeah. Chin. The, yeah. The chin is is Campbell esque. <laughs> Leading with his chin. Uh, I also want to like kind of get out of the way. Like, how does time travel work in this universe? Because it's like they can time travel, but when they're time traveled, like everything else goes forward as usual like yeah so it's it's uh it's kind of like there's a bunch of concurrent waypoints or something mm-hmm. and time is like i think time is continuously flowing at all of them right is so it like... it's like you you show up but mm-hmm. it's like there's a specific time and destination you know yeah like and maybe like, they uh, have a certain they can only go so far back because there's a bunch of problems in these where they could be like if i just go back five minutes before zombul shows up i could just stop him then but but you but you can't because like the waypoint there or something has already been set i don't Mm -hmm. know yeah um it's it it's uh don't worry about it i guess (laughs) like i think that's the way time travel usually goes like don't think about it too hard right um but but yeah, like uh, the I, I do like that they call them space time machines, right? Yeah, because they have to be, right? Like you you know any anybody who's ever given it like any serious amount of thought, I guess, would understand that like oh, if I just set up a time machine like in my living room and I went back like five minutes, um, the Earth would be like a hundred thousand miles away, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like so it'd be off to the right slightly now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be it would be down sixteen centimeters. <laughs> uh huh. No, like no, like uh, so. Yeah, calling it a space time machine, and basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, the way that it seems like it should work is you could just put in any space time coordinates and be there, and that seems like what their what their jumps are. I yeah. guess. Well, I like yeah, that they I, use I, it. I kind in... of wonder why they. Um, why they decide to jump exactly where they do instead of right yeah going going back a little bit further right unless doing a bill and ted's thing like let's go back and help ourselves out like yeah yeah uh i do like that they can use it in the present too like 
to travel like to the same instant, just a couple mm-hmm. of feet away, so they can shoot a different ship later on. But yep, yeah, yep. And uh, how the waypoints apparently can be wherever. Yep. They're like, all right. I guess we ended up inside the Statue of Liberty. But <laughs> <laughs> the most convenient place to time travel to. There's never well, like, like tourists there or when it's collapsing. Well, yeah, that was <laughs> like you know they're like space time agency or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, has has these like safe houses set up? Right. And yeah, I guess I guess one of them was like in the foot of the Statue <laughs> of Liberty. Right, like just convenient places to show up and stash your ship so that uh, so that you don't get spotted. Right. Yeah, but I also got the impression too in that particular one that like maybe Valerian wasn't supposed to have gone there in that time. Yeah, but he had to because of the mission. Yeah, they knew it'd be like, hey, it's gonna get fucked up. So, (laughs) oh yeah, have fun. Yep. This. this this time period is dark for a reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a yeah. subtle implication that only French culture survives, and so only French shit can be a waypoint. So, <laughs> <laughs> the only only cool thing in America was the Statue of Liberty. So, and then it got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Well, that's just because it's '60s sci-fi. It has to be. Yeah, it has to that be like kind of somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we got a nice tour of America in that one. Yeah, we did. Not yeah, a great time, and though. it looked great too. It, oh my I, god! I really liked the like underwater jungle New York City. Like, that was yeah. pretty cool. That's gonna be New York if they can't build flood walls. Like next week. What the <laughs> fuck? Practically <laughs> in time. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I've got some specific notes. Although again, like it's gonna be kind of hard to summarize because mm-hmm. you know it's kind of a storyboard to begin with, but. Right. I'm reminded of like listening back to the commentary tracks in Futurama where they're like, We just printed up a big card that said and then they run away. Like then they're chased. So like uh-huh. I feel like for this you'd be like the card A is they're captured and then B they cunningly escape. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens like every other page in this, but it's just part of comics, you know? Right. Yep. And also again with like the tempo of the stories, it's like each I think each two pages was like that week's comic, so it'd be like interesting how they reconnected their story, had something happen, and then set up a cliffhanger like every other page. Yeah, mm-hmm. really kind of drove you forward to reading it too. And I oh would have gone God. insane having to wait a week, even between that them. would have. Yeah, and that was that was actually one thing that I got while I was uh, skimming through the stuff in uh-huh. the front. The like the front matter with the interviews and everything was uh, one of the things that Luke Besson said is that he would uh, he would cover the right hand page. Oh yeah, while he was reading it so that he wouldn't get the ending spoiled. Right. Like so, he would read the left page while the right page was covered. Yeah. Hmm. Like, Smart. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Or fold and, it the other and, way. I don't know, but. Yeah, I like that. It takes me back to uh, like watching Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, like like when I was when I was younger. It's like, well, f- fuck! I have to wait a week. 
And they're yeah. probably Is this soul bomb going to land or what? Like, yeah, they're not going to finish this fight next week either, are they? <laughs> no. He's, he's not going to land on the planet Namek this week either, is he? He's got at least three <laughs> more weeks space push-ups. How long yeah. is he going to how long is he going to spend on the fucking dragon road or whatever? Remember the time like he went to fake Namek? What was that what? bullshit? Like <laughs> Wait, what? That might have been Dragon Ball Bridge, but <laughs> He ended up at the wrong Namek. <laughs> oh man, if that happened, I don't remember it. <laughs> that would be so fucking mean. <laughs> this isn't it at all. Shit. He lands and he's like looking around and there's fucking nobody there. <laughs> and then he has to get back in the ship and. <laughs> oh man, Toriyama, you asshole. <laughs> I just sold eight more manga. <laughs> yep. Jesus. <laughs> well anyway let's go through some notes because i know we got a hard out but yeah let's go uh so the first story arc bad dreams mm-hmm. uh so the year is 2720 yes. and galaxity is the earth's capital in the terran galactic empire which again perfect generic sci-fi absolutely mm-hmm. galaxity uh they note that ever since instant teleportation was invented in 2,314, no one has to work anymore. Yep. And again, I thought Goku did that back in the 90s, but different timelines, I guess. (laughs) Well, Goku could do it, but everyone else was kind of left out on their own. (laughs) Yeah. And also sort of invented mind reading at the same time, which was weird, but okay. Uh, Goku, (laughs) that is. Uh, So everyone except for a few hundred agents in the spatio-temporal service doesn't do anything except dream. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. These agents are busy patrolling history to make sure there's no temporal pirates or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is my first question about the timeline in general. Like, there don't seem to be any ripple effects. And I don't know if that's just because Valerian ends up doing the job and saving the day, but... Yeah. Probably. I mean, that's that's how it seems. Like, yeah. uh, and I would I would throw out there just, like, one... Uh, my my favorite 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 version of like avoiding the time mm-hmm. travel paradox mm-hmm. um is that there is only one timeline and mm-hmm. it includes all of the time travel that's ever happened ah, already right mm-hmm. so every every fuck up everything that like was going to happen in the past like it's already happened right everything that anyone's ever gone back and tried to change it's already been done mm-hmm. that makes sense so, so right. either either somebody did go back and prevent it, or they didn't, and <laughs> right. nothing changed because right. it's right. already there. Or whatever change happens happens in a different branch, and we don't get to see that. So, no, there's no branching. Yeah, nope, just one timeline. Just everything's already happened. I, f- I feel like I read a story once where a guy did time travel, and like he wasn't sure. Like, am I going to be the guy that goes on this branch or that one? And mm-hmm. so, in our story, he just was the left turn guy, and he yeah. just wondered what happened with the other one. But that does seem to be the thing: is that there's one sacred timeline, like in the Loki show. Yeah. Yep. And everything that was going to happen did happen and already happened. Yep. So, that will happen. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, some some time travel, like, yeah, it'll either affect it or it won't. I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the present like is it, that way already. Yes. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, and and they actually do kind of talk about that in the last uh, story arc we're going through, but uh, I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, save it for later. Save it for later. <laughs> That's a teaser. Uh, yeah. So yeah, technocrats and scientific administrators like run the the planets. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else just dreams all day under the supervision of the dreams department, which kind of seems like they are crafting and staging dreams. Yeah. Like TV shows. Yeah. That's what I what I got from it. And it's it's gonna be mostly fucking, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. This Hanging out. Humans. Smoking, yeah. drinking wine, getting yep. laid. Yep. Getting blazed, getting laid. <laughs> Everything seems cool and it's now three oh three PM when a space timer disappears and the calls go out to our hero Valerian. Mm-hmm. Who's like in the middle of completing a mathematical sculpture. Yeah, I'm like yeah. future Lego. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing future Lego. Yeah, so he's coming back to Earth and goes like a thousand light years by three twelve p.m. and is still a few seconds late. Yep. So yeah, I guess that's our first hint that instant transmission is sort of instant. I think just I like think, instant ramen. I guess I don't. I don't think it's that it's like. I don't. I don't think it, it's like that. It's sort of instant or something. I think it's more just like he's a fuck up he's <laughs> he like to... he's he's french and taking his sweet fucking time <laughs> that's the impression i got I had to finish a and cigarette he's first not gonna exactly. let his boss and pete intrude <laughs> on his time <laughs> i have four pieces left of my mathematical lego like yeah. i can't help you right now yeah yep. so the uh <laughs> the head technocrat guy is explaining that zomble who's the head of dreaming department disappeared and is demonstrating on some poor second circle admin guy how the dreams are turning very scary. Yeah. But it gives him a good <laughs> soothe bubble and he's okay again. Yeah. What the fuck is a soothe bubble? I don't know, but I, I want, want one. one. I yeah. want one too. I want all of the bubbles. Yeah. Just shoot it. Shoot yourself in the face with a soothe bubble and feel okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the temporal relay in 1000 AD reports that a space time ship just materialized. So. Quick stop at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Valerian's off in his time tunnel to the 11th century waypoint, mm-hmm. where they have like a Matrix-style language lesson and a uh, costume change in order oh, yeah. for him yep. to blend in. I forgot about that. That was, that was pretty that cool. That was interesting. Yeah. His, it's like his a dream mnemonic learner. learning device. Yeah. yeah. So he'll, he'll won't sound all uh, stuck up by speaking future English or French or whatever. Yeah. Whatever uh, language it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. So he pops out of a sewer or into a sewer underneath a bar where all the good D and D campaigns begin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Pays for a horse and sets out following uh, Zombles' trail into a big scary woods. Mm-hmm. Sets up camp, sleeping on like here's a giant leaf I'll sleep on. Yeah, I yeah. guess that they had these giant trees back then. But well, it I mean, curls you up. You That's the know. fantasy aspect. We do. Know. It's we true. Know like they it, and we just never wrote it down. That's no, right. We, we know these didn't exist. <laughs> but the thing about these leaves is they curl up overnight, and he's trapped. Yeah. Oh no! But luckily for him, a local girl who's Laureline. Did we decide? Laureline is how I'm Laureline. saying it. Yeah. Laureline followed him and wisely slept directly on the ground. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she borrows his sword to cut a hole in the canopy for light to shine through. The plants start growing and the leaf releases its grip. And this is the first instance of uh, us finding out that Valerian kind of sucks at his job. <laughs> and that and that Laureline is awesome. Yeah. Yep. 
Valerian is uh, good at his yeah. job of like diving through doors and shit. Yes. That's what he's good at. Not thinking ahead or out. planning. Like yeah, right. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, it'll moment. all work out. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And then like every other page, he's like almost dead. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So she's lived her, her whole life, so it's like you will guide she can be my guide. Yeah. And mentions that there's a castle further in where there's a sorcerer. He's like, that seems suspect. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's check that out. Yeah. Surrounding the castle is a marsh with, like, sleeping mist all around it. And even though they have their best Tarzan reed snorkels, mm-hmm. like, they still stumble into it and fall asleep on the shore for, like, a damn week. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, a week? Well, because cause they, they, they had to, you know, allow uh, Zombel time to prepare his fucking... Uh, genetically modified army or whatever. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And plus there's like a week later the next issue came out, so Yeah. Oh yeah. You, Perfect timing. You slept with them in real time. Yep. Uh amazing. <laughs> so Technology. they wake up a week later, uh they swash some buckles and make it past a rather large obelisk looking guy and make it yep. into the castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're separated and they run or Valerian runs into Zomble himself. Who launches directly into his villain monologue. Yeah, there's a lot directly. of that in this series. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So basically, Galaxity's too soft, like, all they're good for is dreaming, and they have no initiative, and they're primed for hostile ape takeover. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted more. <laughs> He's been giving them nightmares. More but that life. apparently wasn't enough, so came yeah. to the past to learn real magic and bring some ah real monsters back with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd really give them nightmares. Uh, side note: I liked like the crazy mythical knot that he speaks when he's doing magic spells. Yeah, that's so that great. Cool. Yeah. That was that that made me super happy. He just like <laughs> speaks some non-language, right? Mm-hmm. Some, some Celtic unutterable... monster knot. Yeah, <laughs> like it was pretty cool. Yeah, he's Please he's one that. of those he's one of those dudes that's got the mouth in his hand to speak the un- unutterable speech, <laughs> right? I, and who knows what it was, but... <laughs> uh, so he demonstrates his magic on Laureline, but since she's a pure soul, like, she turns into a unicorn instead. He's like, ah, oh, shit, yeah. I forgot. That's point number two for Laureline. <laughs> yep. She's a very right? fancy unicorn now. Yep. Uh, and then, you know... And Bond... I'll also, also throw out there, uh, this was, uh, uh, like, definitely somebody's fetish. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that's another that's another tick mark for Laureline. Yeah, like I'm yeah. pretty sure in those <laughs> interviews in the front of the book, they talked about how they were like in love with her right away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, anyway. I'll say I'll say that it took me until page sixty-eight, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I have to look up. I was on page sixty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like any good Bond villain, uh, Zomble leaves Valerian locked up and then just leaves him there. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bye. He'll never get out. He's stuck here forever. <laughs> Little did he know that a mere boot lace length away is a bottle of acid, which he's oh. able to snare. Yeah. Uh, melt the yeah, lock. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take away their shoelaces, otherwise they'll end up hanging themselves or stealing some acid yeah, and uh-huh. escaping. Belts yep. also should be removed. That's right. For the same reason. Uh... <laughs> So he's out, like, in the next panel, and swinging to the window, and mm-hmm. runs into Unicorn Laureline. Mm-hmm. 
And they escape and ride ahead into the forest to spring a trap on Zombel and his entourage with the cunning yeah. use of giant spider webs. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, you got me. I'll turn everyone back. <laughs> but then turns into a hawk or something and flies off with a magic scroll anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. And while Dick. Valerian's about to go after him, Lorleen's like, hey, you know, unicorns can read minds, right? Mm-hmm. So I know you're like a time traveler guy. And so she's ruined for the, the past timeline. She's got to go with him. Yep. Yeah. Only option. Only option. It's <laughs> like, ah, I was done here anyways. <laughs> fucking fucking I'm, smart. I'm too good for 1000 AD. For, yeah, yeah, for 11th century magic era. <laughs> I, I saw the future bar in your mind. It's like, we're going. <laughs> and like, I'm not living here anymore. No. I, I know you've got Legos back in yeah, 2300 exactly. or whatever it is. Like, I'm going exactly. with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the wizard guy gives him a magic ring, which I'm sure will have no importance to the rest of the story. No importance. They None go whatsoever. back to the time relay, but his ship was sabotaged, so now I have to repair it. But Laureline uses uh, the time to Matrix learn everything she needs to know about, I guess, the 28th century. Yep. Yep. For the future. The future. And, and is immediately adept at everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is again, you know, tick. Yeah, she was already adept, and just now she knows about, uh, I don't know, ramen and shit. Elect- yep. Electronics and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they repair, and the earliest they can get back at Galaxity is three days after Zombel got there. Mm-hmm. And in the present, everything's already overrun with all sorts of crazy monsters. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was fast. And he's using his dream tech to make everything a future hellscape. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know how that's supposed to motivate people. Well, like... you know. Maybe they won't want to dream if all their dreams are bad. I don't know. But what are they going to do? He's just he's just punishing them. They live in a society <laughs> where they don't know how to do anything else. He's, like yeah, and he's like, he's, he's gonna he's gonna take over because now he has the ability to like fucking turn people into weird shit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and if they don't like their dreams, like well, I can I'm the only one who can help because I run the dreams. So you gotta you gotta uh, do what I say, but they. Uh, Rush to Dream Headquarters, where he's getting ready to crown himself Emperor of Galaxity, like Napoleon style. <laughs> yeah. He busts in, Zomble tries to transform him, but he uses the Magic Talisman as Uno Reverse card and undoes the spell <laughs> on the Superintendent, who then can do magic too and transforms Zomble into a bird. And everyone has a soothe bubble all around and everything's cool at the end. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. The end of that one. Uh-huh. So the next one is really kind of a two-parter. So City of Shifting Waters, where we jump in on Valerian and Loreline having a game of 3D chess, uh-huh. which she's winning. Uh, yeah. It's interrupted. I, yeah. Just really quick on this one, I have to throw out something in the art that, like, again, you wouldn't you wouldn't get if you aren't reading it. Mm-hmm. But I I just have to throw it out there. There's a really cool perspective trick. Yeah. Where they're like. You know, you see them playing 3D chess in this, like, landscape, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one panel later, it pulls back and shows that the entire landscape is actually this tiny thing sitting on, a sitting on like, a hovercraft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's like, like a whole they're ship. Sitting, they're sitting, like, by a, by a brook with, like, a waterfall in the right. background. And it looks like they're sitting in this landscape, and then you pull back, and it's like the background's all miniature yeah. and like, yeah, they're just they're just on this little floating yeah. piece of land. Yeah, 
It's their traveling resort. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Pretty cool. Anyway, proceed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Zombles escaped, of course. Uh, stole another time machine, and this time is headed for the Forbidden Zone. Ooh. Of 1986. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, 1986 to 2000, or sorry, 2300 represents the Dark Ages, where they don't mm. really know what happened because there was a big cataclysm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, despite having literal time machines, they just don't go there, I guess. Yeah. Because it's yeah. unstable. Oh, yeah. I was say, they probably don't have any waypoints since things go. Yeah, they, yeah, they, really they don't know what's going on, so it's yeah. like... Uh, just difficult to shift there, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. just rely on what records have survived to kind of know what was going on. Too much background yeah. radiation, maybe. I don't know. But they do know that there was like a hydrogen bomb explosion in the North Pole that caused yes. the seas to rise and hypercharged yeah. global warming. Yep. yep. Yeah. Caused some other problems. Yeah. So they send Valerian off alone because they're not sure the time relays are going to work very well in such a dangerous time. Yep. And as we mentioned, he gets dropped inside the Statue of Liberty, like maybe his foot mid collapse, mm-hmm. falling into the ocean, where he's picked up by some hippie looking guys mm-hmm. in a boat, take him through an already flooded New York City, tied up, and leave him in like a fake Macy's. But he escapes by employing a classic distraction dummy mm-hmm. and then runs through like a jungly <laughs> and flooded classic. Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which again, I thought talks. looked great. Yeah. It no, looked it, really it looked so It's a good. very good environment. I don't know why it was so jungly, but it looked cool. Humidity. I guess humidity in Central Park being right there. It just got hot. And who knows how long it's been doing this. It may have been like this for years. That's true. So that's enough time for some of those plants to take over, like, certain floors of buildings and stuff. Yeah. So he uh, climbs to the top of the Empire State Building to scope things out and finds a light on in the UN, despite the power being out everywhere else. Yep. So steals an inflatable office chair and like wraps over. <laughs> How fucking sixties is that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I forgot about all those until oh, I man. saw them. I'm like, this, oh yeah, this fucking clear vinyl office chair. I'm like, and then they revived those in time to send us to college with some of those uh-huh. or some of them. Oh yeah, yeah. my yeah. sister yeah. had one. Nice, <laughs> super comfy. Spencer's gifts, man. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, we'll all be Spencer's gifts. <laughs> Apparently, so yeah, he rafts over and finds a bunch of robots plundering the USN or the UN's science vaults, mm-hmm. which I guess they have. I guess they do. Yeah. Uh, so he's picked up by um, some looters who comment on how the rich folks left a lot of stuff behind when they escaped from New York with Snake mm-hmm. Plissken. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, the police were the first people to hightail it out. So right. First them, then the rich people, and now they're just going back to people's apartments and finding like their uh, digit pets or whatever. Like, well, remember as we've learned, the police have no obligation to actually defend us. So. That's true. <laughs> no legal obligation to do their job. Proven in court. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they can just well, fuck. Yep. Yep. Uh, so they take him to see Sun. Is it Sun Ray? I would say Sun Ray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how I read it. I think we mentioned it was modeled after the real-life Sun Ra. Yeah. Musician. And also, I would say that there's some some uh, passing, like, like later on, looking at, uh, since you mentioned Snake Plissken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they must have taken something from this guy for the Duke of New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would make sense, right? It would. Yeah. 
So, uh, he's like a gangster guy, and they spend several days helping, or he spends several days helping him with heists and stuff. Yeah. Until there's a bad storm and he gets his chance to escape, but in doing so is accosted by someone attacking him. Turns out to be Laura Lane. <gasps> who's yeah. b- better what? at him than fighting, apparently. Like, yeah. Yep, again. again. Again, she's just better. Tick. <laughs> yeah, I went to your page 68 here, Chris. Yeah. So and, the, uh, uh, so... Yeah, what it what it was was her talking about uh, uh, how she how she made it there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And there's <laughs> there's one panel where she's saying like, you know, I convinced the president of Brasilia to lend me his aircraft. Yeah. And it's her flying away and them like shooting at her. And she's just and smiling it, in there, looking around. Yeah. And she's like, so then I got here. I hit the plane. AKA yeah. Maybe kind of crashed it. Yeah. Went no, to yeah. town. She she's says, like, I, I found an apartment. Set up shop. <laughs> But that was, yeah, the other thing was I stashed the plane in the suburbs and it's clearly crashed. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly crashed. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, you're the best. I love you. I made a note about that same panel. I hid my yeah. plane, like, in flames <laughs> in the background. <laughs> She's like, so then I got into suburb of New York. She's like, took me one day to understand what's going on, two days to locate you, and for the right time. And then here we are. Yep. yep. Just talking, like in this yep. apartment I found in Greenwich. Solving yeah. problems. Yeah. Solving problems. Getting it done. Yeah. She even makes, brings up dinner for Valerian. Yeah. <laughs> and so that I was... got some food, here we go. Yeah, that was, that was the other, that was another tick, was like, oh yeah, that's why they keep us around, because we can cook. And it's like all this just canned food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, see how elegantly these tins were opened? Mm. <laughs> But, like, Valerian didn't even do that, so... Nope. Yep. Yeah. No. He doesn't yeah. really ever do that. Like you said, she's basically going through how she got there and talking about how shit is going down right now. And gangsters and politicians are struggling for power over the survivors of the turmoil and radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they figure that Zomble must be planning on using his science knowledge to fill in the power vacuum and get the emperor that he's al- empire that he's always wanted. Yeah. So like, let's get this uh, Sun Ray to help. So they disguise themselves as hippies and raft back to their former captor. Mm-hmm. Strike up a deal with him. It's like, you help us capture this dude digging up science knowledge. And you can become the new Bill Nye when we're gone. That's right. right. Or the first Bill Nye, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's um, 1986. Yeah. We didn't have so a Bill Nye yet. He wasn't doing he's, that. He's down. And they scuba dive back to where they saw the robots. And they follow working somehow traffic lights. Go down a ventilator shaft to Washington Heights. Yep. Or go, they follow a ventilator shaft to Washington Heights. Which, as the name suggests, are still above the floodwaters. Yeah. It's high up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a lab, a lab there, and the robots are on a Zoom call with Zomble. Mm-hmm. And they're captured again. Yep. And brought via hovercraft to his central command. Uh, which is quite a trip, isn't it? Like in... Ends up being like what Wyoming or Colorado or something. It, I think ends, it ends up being, up being in fucking Yellowstone. Yellowstone, right? right. Yeah, yeah. That is it? So Far they're gonna away. bring him to there. But uh, Sunray's like, I'm gonna see if I can get one of these robots. Yeah, they seem pretty useful. Also, I really like this hovercraft. Yeah, mm-hmm. smart guy. <laughs> kind of hinting yeah. on where his story arc ends up, at least in this book. But yeah, right, well. they make their way through New York City as it's collapsing under a giant tsunami, and it looks mm-hmm. cool and shit. It does mm-hmm. look cool as fuck, man. <laughs> yep. 
It definitely conveys that sense of urgency. I, I blazed through those pages. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, we basically end on them uh, getting past the wreckage and looking towards the Rocky Mountains where Zombel's base is. Yep. And like, I guess the Appalachians would have been too convenient, so they have to go all the way across country. Maybe they're, they're not, not tall enough. Yeah, so Maybe they're, they're not, not as big. Maybe they're not they're big they're a enough. lot older. It's yeah. like they're, they're fun to drive through, but it's not like driving through the Rockies. Yeah. So <laughs> it so, wouldn't be as grandiose. No, it wouldn't. it wouldn't. It wouldn't look as America as fucking Buffalo. Right. Bison. <laughs> right. If you like. Well, yeah. And that's where uh, Monsieur Messier was when he was studying the landscape anyway. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. What's that? That is a classic 20th century American yep. landscape. Yep. That got, so, you know. Yeah, I, I loved the their inclusion of the of the park signs. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, that was yeah. great. Those are those are still there, and they still look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you change it? They right, they make other park signs look like that too. So on to Earth and Flames. Uh, yes. So now they're at the foot of the Rockies, and they're led uh, into an old military plane slash helicopter thing, and. Fly past Yellowstone to his lab deep inside a mountain. I have a lot to say about those planes, but I'll I'll take it uh, I'll I'll take it offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very just cool. Be, I'll just leave it at that. That'll be a podcast extra. Right. There you go. <laughs> so again, Zombel's like immediately like like here's what happened. Like I busted out of Galaxy and came to 1968. I kidnapped Jerry Lewis, and we started building an evil science <laughs> ship. I, I love that immediately the first thing that happens is he's like, yeah, I'm making whiskey. Uh, right? Just fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, but you guys can be in my new world order. If you How want. about that? Yeah. I need more and more guys two. to run the country, I guess. Or the mm-hmm. whole world, but... Because like, because robots that telepathically follow your bidding are not enough. Not enough. Well, they're not people. They can't really appreciate yeah. your glory. Yeah. Mm, and who are you so. going to talk to? Robots? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And a drunk scientist who fucking hates you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, in fact, as soon as they're taking him to his secret basement test facility, the nutty professor slips Valerian a gizmo of some sort. Ooh. He's like, be cool. Yeah. And Zombel shows right up. Moment. His special shrink ray, mm. uh, which he demonstrates on Lauraline. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so, why does this always happen to the women? God. Yeah. Fetish, <laughs> fetish number two is born. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> A woman you can put in your pocket. Yep. Yep. So everyone's watching her do an ant woman thing. Yeah. And Valerian throws down the gizmo, which is like a sonic hand grenade that incapacitates Zombel and the robots. Mm-hmm. And lucky for them, since the shrinking process wasn't 100% done... She'll be fine. Yep. Right. She'll just grow back to be a regular take a fella. Few, uh, couple yep. hours. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Although she's fucking pissed about it, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. You know, you would be right. Yeah. I, I think it would be anything to stop him. Yeah, and then and then uh, yeah, uh, fetish number three when she grows back and all her clothes are torn up. <laughs> right. So. Right, because the this, clothes don't this, grow at the same rate. Apparently, because yeah. of course. So uh, this. You know, this comic uh, was responsible for a lot of things for a lot of people, I think. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and for redheads. Uh, speaking of She-Hulk, like... Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I can imagine, though. I do like Tatiana Maslany, so... 
ever since Orphan Black. There you go. So anyway, Sunray's like, I'm just going to hang back and see what's going on here. But Valerian and Laureline escape with uh, Jerry Lewis as well. Mm-hmm. Lady. Uh, <laughs> but they forget about all the robots that have been outside looking at the plane. Yeah, start shooting so at them for the signal. Yeah. And Zomble gets lost in the chase. And they have to hide out uh, while Laureline regrows, as we mentioned, oh. faster than her clothes can sell. <laughs> yeah. But they regroup at a friendly cowboy's house, who will be Sam Elliott for this reenactment. Yeah, he, he, looked, Perfect. he looked to me kind of like a crocodile Dundee, but he wasn't like, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he was like well known in 1970, Paul Hogan. No. Yeah, I, I want to know if it was, I didn't look this up, but kind of wondered if it might be like a Lucky Luke nod. Yeah. But, but there, anyway. there were, you know, clear, clear uh, shots of the guy's face. So I'm sure it's somebody I should recognize, but yeah. I don't have the cultural context of the time. Right. right. I'm going to check real quick. Uh, Yeah, no. Lucky Luke was way too cartoony for that to be him. But anyway, uh, there were a lot of cool vistas, though. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much. They go on horseback to some devastated town and then do some quote-unquote shopping at a military base. Yep. yep. That was awesome. Yeah. And find <laughs> find another drunk guy. <laughs> He's like, everything's going to shit. Why would I do my job? Yeah. Yep. Drink. It's like, I command everybody here, which is nobody. <laughs> right, which is just <laughs> me now. Yeah. Uh, they launch an attack on Yellowstone but are thwarted by first a moose getting in the mm-hmm. way of Valerian's bazooka shots. Which was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goddamn moose in the way. God damn. Like, yeah. Do we even have moose in Yellowstone? I think we do. I don't know. Why Plus, not? Everything's up in the air now. We already had like monster trees in the. That's true. And things are changing. Century. So it yeah. could have fled there. He yeah. just wandered down from Canada. Yeah. Like whatever. Like yeah. What's happening in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're also thwarted by uh, the Nutty Professor's prison bubbles. Which Zombo oh, uses yeah. to trap and enclose them. So they kind of float, or, float around through a volcanic eruption. Yeah. Which which is good, because that's like Yellowstone erupting, which is yeah. really bad. Yellowstone just <laughs> fucking exploded. That's yeah, really like, bad for the world. But yeah. like, but yeah, they're they're in some, uh, some bubbles, dark age. so they're totally okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Fine. good thing. Good thing. And it pops conveniently once they're ready to, you know, get into the lab after there's no more um, magma everywhere. But yep. yep. They discover uh, Sun Ray's been monitoring them, and he's the one that let them out of their whimsical prisons. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, Zombo used the President of the United States' personal secret rocket and is, per <laughs> designated survivor policy, now orbiting Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing science stuff up there, I don't know. That's where we gotta just, go. Just fucking by himself. Yep. <laughs> because that's a good plan for, for humanity. It's just been his thing all along, right? Well, yeah, but even he if it was for the president, the world when there's nobody else, apparently he's just gonna float around and die up there. Like, yep. we saved you for a couple of weeks. Yeah, You're exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm food sure. on that rocket, so he's probably okay for a few months. <laughs> yeah. So in the lab, they find uh, one of Jerry Lewis's old failed space time machine projects just laying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say what now? But they didn't invent it till what the 2300s? Well, they yeah. didn't yet, but. Valerian's like, well, here's the problem. This was the mm-hmm. subject of my academy entrance exams. Mm-hmm. Like, this is easy for me, but it's impossible for humans in the 19th century. Yeah. Which which fucking Star Trek movie was it? 
five? Uh, four? Which, no, it was it was one of the it was the next gen movie. Oh, one of the next gen. Oh, movies. first yeah, contact. Yeah, they go and make warp happen. Yeah, yeah. with first, uh, first contact, like the best farmer Hoggett. Yeah, yeah, with farmer Hog. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. I've thought about that. Too. First contact is yeah. yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. 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 So that's directly lifted from this, <laughs> like directly, Apparently. pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because wasn't it Jordy's like college exam or thesis yeah, paper? Yeah, like that was that was basically what he said. <laughs> He's like... a big Zephyr Cochran fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and if they had known it was the Nutty Professor all along, they would be his fans too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, they knock him out, put him on board while they're transporting himself to the space station. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, Valerian floats over all 2001 style yep. and confronts him. Like, apparently he's been using these stolen science papers from the UN to build mm-hmm. his own space-time ship. Yep. He's like, and I almost got away with it. Or maybe I did. Jumps in the machine it. and teleports, but only just outside and, like, only with half of his ship. Yeah, that, and it, like, that whole... him apart. That whole sequence was really fucking cool looking. Yeah. 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 Of, like, the ship rematerializing, but not quite... Yeah, yeah, like with a spiral section missing. Or like, yeah, or when like it was like out away. of phase. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, that... Ryan was like, don't do it. And that's no good. It. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So yeah, he's claimed by the vacuum of space. Whoops. Yes. But they all transport back to Brasilia and send Sunray and Jerry Lewis on their way after explaining what happened. Mm-hmm. And I like they the... get some pictures up there in space. That's the ones that their boss showed them from that time period. Yeah, so that was that was uh, the thing that I mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. like time is closed. Yeah. Ah, that yes. like he actually him actually being there was important to the fact that they had this stuff. Um, right, the, future. the few records completely that, like, skipped over that. That like. Uh, yeah, like like okay, like he actually went through and set some shit up in the uh orbiting space station. Yeah. So that things would be the way they're supposed to be later on when he gets this information. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that okay, like cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh I like the kind of parallel panels at the end uh where Jerry Lewis is making proposals to some board about science they should study. Yeah. Sunray's like, here's how we can do a coup d'etat. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Future's it's looking it's, bright. They found Fair their places. Point. That's yeah. right. Uh, so they make their way back to the time relay. Like, maybe we can take a quick time vacation, because as soon as we get back, they're going to put us to work. I, again, uh, Very like, French. fucking love that, yeah. They're like, <laughs> we'll just hang out here for a week. What? Might as well. <laughs> Yeah. Like they probably got beaches and, and cocktails here, right? Yeah. The last <laughs> gasps of that stuff. <laughs> Just go back like a decade or so and you'll be fine. There you go. Yeah. So uh on to the Empire of a Thousand Planets, which I guess is what we really came here for. Yes. Yeah. But uh quick time check. Are you still good, Chris? We're getting close to Um about fifteen minutes. Yeah. Still, still good. To, okay, I'll, I'll go quick. Out, so. I'll go quick. Okay, so this shifts from time travel to space travel. Mm-hmm. They open on Seert, the capital of the titular Empire of a Thousand Planets, presumably in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Uh, also, a huge market. Sirta. Sirta. Sirti. Sirt. Sartre. 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 There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Jean-Paul Sartre. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's a huge marketplace and home to the uh, enlightened, mm-hmm. or like religious robe wearers with the sort of Boba Fetish helmet. Yeah. And maybe secretly run the Empire? I don't know. Yeah, it seems like maybe they do. So Valerian and Loreline are on a mission to assess whether this planet is a threat to Earth. And since they don't seem to have discovered space-time travel yet, they'll have to do this undercover, like Prime Directive shiz. Mm-hmm. First stop, shopping at the market, where Valerian buys Loreline a pocket watch. And she rewards him with a kiss on the cheek, which I mention only because one of the guys in the interview section mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I guess because fans are like, you guys took too long for them to, the, like, that ship to come in, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. That particular ship. Like, they did it in the fourth book. Anyway. I figured, I figured that, like, uh, like, it was always probably just going to be a tension thing. Like, yeah. I yeah. figured it would never actually be, like, a... So, you know, it's French, pe- French people kiss each other, whatever. <laughs> That's right. It's true. French people even kissed me, and that means they have no standards. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they come out of a meeting where an enlightened is like doing, I don't know, fortune telling type Apparently, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he signals out Laureline when he sees her watch. He's like, uh-huh. what is this purpose? She's like, uh, to tell time. And everyone laughs at her. Mm-hmm. And the enlightened like buggers off. Yep. Like, what did I say? Anyway, later on their way back to port, they're attacked and captured again and placed <laughs> on a solar sailor and taken to the Enlightened Sanctuary that looks kind of a lot like Jabba's Palace. Yeah, which I, all the technology on this planet and like all of the cool like marketplace stuff, like mm-hmm. really, really well drawn, really immersive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so beautiful to look Very at. Very detailed. Yeah. Like all of the, all of the stuff in this arc was, was like, yeah, incredible. Yeah, agreed. So they're brought in in front of that enlightened from earlier, and he's like, "You big dummies! I know you're from Earth, because yeah. everyone here has a perfect sense of time, which right. is awesome." It's innate. Yeah, <laughs> they know it's twelve fifteen. Mm-hmm. So he's like promising to take vengeance on the Earthlings, but I guess later, because then he leaves. And uh, <laughs> they give their captors the slip again and escape into. Like the Sirta uh, version of the Holy of Holies, mm-hmm. like the sacred restriction section of the temple where the guards aren't allowed to go. Yeah. yeah. But find that it's full of like engine rooms and science labs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, they're using religion as a front. Yeah. I also liked, they just offhandedly mentioned that one of the, even though no one's using the labs, they're all still well kept and there must be like some automatic repair machines yeah. that are doing yeah. that. And that's kept like. Up. Again, like another, like crazy sci-fi concept that, like, <laughs> if you were a ten-year-old kid reading this, right. like that would have been your first exposure to some crazy idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Self-perpetuating labs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're also able to find and start up a plane, and escaping again with others in pursuit again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they lose them by flying into a storm of sheets of ice. Which, Which turns out to be a bad time. Fucking yeah. radical, though. <laughs> yeah, that sequence was cool. They it eject was. and land on an icy surface, freezing mm-hmm. until the twin suns reappear. Mm-hmm. Which causes airborne spores to bloom into flowers and really distracts them. Yeah. So they don't notice the ice melting until they're falling through, like, all the way up to their waist. Yeah. But the, the melted ice also opened the way for, like, Gyarados to show up and attack them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. 
But luckily, like, Spock's there, and he shows up at the last second and kills it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like a group of hunters who yep. agree to let them come back with them on their way back to the capital. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the new plan is to infiltrate a festival ambassadors of ambassadors to see if the Enlightened are really running the place or if the prince still has any power. Mm-hmm. Uh, fancy disguises are bought, but they're still turned away by the guards because no ticket. Right. <laughs> they don't have the right pass. Right. But a local merchant notices and offers to help them sneak in in his shipment of, I guess, like dream pod clams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he's sending to the party. And it's like as long as you tell me whatever you learn about the Enlightens. So they jump in, but keep it propped open a little so they don't completely fall asleep. But... Get all the fumes. Yeah. Blaine's yeah. still half intoxicated by hiding in his clam pod. Yep. When he finds that Laureline's pod's all smashed up and she's gone, he's like, "Well, well, up to the party." And enjoys a rather large drink. Yeah, yeah. like you do. <laughs> like you do. It's like, I'll just find her later. She'll it, be she's, okay. prob- she's a big girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which he does find her uh, probably still under the effects of the pot up in the prince's VIP area. Oh, no. Champagne room. Yeah. It's like, I can't really do anything now, uh, so I'll just sneak out uh, of this orgy and find the Enlightens. Mm-hmm. Which he does find in some dark temple in the middle of a ritual doing a special toast where they all say, so that we live and the earth dies. Wow. Like, what, what the hell did the Strange. earth ever do to you guys? Like, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Right? Fuck off. Yeah. And he's, of course, discovered because he accidentally trips a sensor and is captured again. <laughs> uh, Valerian. <laughs> and basically placed in frozen carbonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Except they use it, like, not to torture him, but just force him to tell him stuff. Yeah. Right? Which he doesn't remember. He just remembers that he did talk, not what he said. And that was also, like, such a cool panel. Yeah. Where they show him, like, uh, like... Very psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Everyone else, read the fucking book. (laughs) (laughs) He said the thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, but enter Laureline with the prince, begging him to send Valerian free. Despite the protestations of the enlightened, yep. which uh, she's ingratiated herself, herself to him right away. So I don't know what she did off panel, but it must have been uh, good. She cooked yep. for him. Yep, yep, yep. She opened a yeah. tin can. She opened <laughs> yeah. a tin. Yeah. yeah. So they're allowed been. allowed to leave and make their way back to the market, Black Street, to find that one merchant from earlier. Mm-hmm. And on mm-hmm. speaking to him, learned that he's actually the head of the Merchant Guild, and that the Enlightens only arrived like a hundred years ago and are already ruining everything. Yep, causing your society to degrade and stop using yeah. the technology and stop going yeah. out into space. Yeah, they've been closing down factories or at least hiding them. They've yeah. been replacing science with religion. They're mm-hmm. not keeping up with education and job training, and that's where everything got too real for me. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be fantasy, guys. Uh, well, you it was assholes. back then. <laughs> God damn. But they're like, hey, could you join in this rebellion we're planning? Yep. Like, it's you've like clearly got more advanced spaceships. Yeah. And we're joining the uh, fighters from the other thousand planets who don't want Sirta to slip back into the Dark Ages. Yeah. So the guild marches them off to their ship, and they take off. Lando sends the words to all worlds to join them to park <laughs> like Darth Sidious on Exegol. I, yep. I, do, I do like how this is, uh, like, it's just a thousand planets. Yeah. Yep. Like, in a system. Like, yeah. they're just all right there. Yeah. Just right like there. Like, how, how the fuck did that happen? Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a very complicated system. Some of them system. probably have 
good space travels, so they can go fast. They're like uh, petite press planets, Maybe. I guess. They're all very small. Yeah. And you can get them on, like, a daffodil or a dandelion breeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to attack the Enlightened's base, which is hidden on a downed Star Destroyer on a dusty asteroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the merchant's like, I know that your ship can travel space-time, and that you're from Earth because of the whole watch thing, so I guess everyone knew about it. <laughs> and I like this when the convoys attack, they use, like, several targeted time jumps really quickly to attack from everywhere at once. Right? Pretty much, yeah. Like, that was cool. fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Like, like, planning right there. This is, this is why it's good to have, like, a space-time ship. Right. Yeah. So that you can do very shit convenient. like that. Mm-hmm. Very convenient. And that was that was also like a very Star Trek move, right? Yeah. Um, Agreed. I I can't remember. The, there's a fucking name for it though. It's named after somebody. Oh. Where they like like a Riker maneuver. Where they like do a warp jump and they appear somewhere else while the uh, after image of their ship is still in one place and they uh-huh. fire from the side. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can't remember. But uh, if I was a bigger Star Trek fan, I would know the name of it. I was going to say, nerds, let us know what the maneuver's called. I'm sure you Yeah, know. <laughs> it's, it's right? probably fucking Fortunately, it's Picard. probably not the Valerian technique. I know so. Picard has a maneuver. Yeah. And I know Riker got one, too, because I remember the line, like, I bet they'll refer to this as the Riker maneuver. Yeah. But his <laughs> maneuver seemed to be crashing all the time, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his his maneuver was separating the saucer and crashing it into a planet. Yeah. <laughs> and like uh jumping over the chair instead of sitting down in it. Yeah. Yeah. One leg over oh, the no, chair. Oh no, no. The the, the um uh the Picard maneuver I think was uh him just like pulling down his shirt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, they blow everyone to the ship. Yeah. And then they cloak and land on the asteroid, and there's like a side note about crying rock formations that they have there, which will not be important later. Nope. Uh, they sneak into the labor camp and mount a surprise attack, which seemed to be very surprising. It was. Yeah. And there's no response from the Enlightened there. Yeah. They were so all they... doing their stonecutter ceremony. <laughs> right. Yep. They managed to overpower the guards and take over the camp, and only then did the Enlightened call out that Valerian should board their ship alone, which sounds really safe. Mm-hmm. So he goes through, like, a a moldering ship of theirs to the Enlightens who remove their helmets to reveal their weird, crinkly ball sack faces. Uh Yes. Like, it's a... They're Deadpool cancer faces. (laughs) Yes. A clan of Ryan Reynolds's is. Very much so. So they explain everything, like, they are, or at least were, human astronauts sent from Earth after the Cataclysm from the last chapter. In Mm -hmm. a colony ship. Yeah, searching for a new Earth. Yeah. Uh, But solar winds blew them off their course and they crash-landed. Many died radiation. from radiation poisoning. And others Valerian's discovered... Valerian's all like, hey, we've looked for you, but we couldn't find any evidence of what happened to you guys. Yeah, yeah and like, they didn't want to go back uh, because they would be shamed because they didn't complete their mission. He's like, what the hell? Yeah, what's wrong <laughs> so you did you? No one would have thought that. <laughs> yeah. No one would have thought that. Like, yeah, yeah, we did. They discovered that uh, the tears in the rock formations kept them relatively healthy and mm-hmm. alive. And like three centuries later, they were able to escape... And infiltrate Sirta, but like, why three hundred years? They had to wait for a ship to come there. Yeah, I guess. They I guess couldn't that's probably fix right. theirs. They, so they were crashed they there, and so yeah, yeah. they were just uh, they got off on somebody else's ship. Yeah, they had to wait for a balloon present to float by. 
basically. Yeah. Shoot it down to get the materials. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I guess they were going to take over that planet and use its riches to build a new ship and return to Earth as conquistadors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now, like, thanks a lot, guy. You blew up all of our ships. Yeah. So yeah, do uh, goodbye forever, and they self-destruct. Yeah. So yep. sorry. Accept my apologies <laughs> on behalf of us. Boom. <laughs> it's a good job, ass. Yep. Yeah. Good to come home, but no. The a rebellion immediately takes place back on Sirta, and all the other Enlightens also blow themselves up for good measure. Yep. There's a little bit of philosoph- philosophizing about what let the Enlightens take over so easily in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My guess is not enough card playing. <laughs> Everyone was lazy and not playing cards. Uh, the merchant guys return to the planet where he has some ideas about influence on whatever provisional government's about to be installed. Mm-hmm. Like, P.S., once I'm in power, I'd love to trade with Earth. And they're like, oh, I'm sure once like, we great. file our we'll report, happen. they'll yep. be yep. here to exploit you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, we're going to be uh, great friends. Sci-fi <laughs> as social commentary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Best yep. role it plays. All right. Chris, real quick, any final thoughts or any other things that are good? Mm. So that if you need to jet, you can jet. No, it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Glad I finally got to read this. I've had it for yeah. like two years. Didn't get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> so. We finally it forced you to do it. It was good yeah. to have a reason to do it, and it was it was neat. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. like we've talked about the whole time, we could see a lot of how it influenced a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of basically woven into a lot of things that we're all aware of these days so but you yeah. didn't you didn't get the full childlike glee that i got reading it <laughs> i did not but i okay. also read it all in like two days because yeah. i read it to meet the other deadline oh well i i <laughs> so. read it i read it all last night so yeah yeah <laughs> well but you can do that too. it was good it was enjoyable yeah mm-hmm. just not excellent. the same glee yeah excellent okay well I'm like I'm actually like pretty excited for the movie because of it. Yeah, and I've got the second one in hand, so I'm going to read that next. But awesome. Uh, so other Chris, final yes. thoughts? Anything else to go over? Oh man, I I just I feel like I said everything. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I really uh, got across like just yeah how much how I much really you loved, loved this. Yeah. Like. I yeah, wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody who who likes comics, anybody who mm-hmm. likes sci-fi. Like it's it again, it's it's got that like sort of pulpy, trashy, candy yeah. sci-fi aspect to it. Yeah. The the art is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like all of the all of the backgrounds, like they so much thought went into like every fucking panel of this and it's amazing yeah yep and it like something i would reread multiple times like i've read this before uh and i'll read it again exactly (laughs) exactly it kind of reminded me of like calvin and Hobbes too like i know every every one of those comics and every one of the jokes and i remember most of the lines but i reread that every couple of years because it just looks so good it really yeah and, and it's so and, fun and and the shit still lands even if you know right exactly it's it's, it's really deep for a kid talking to a fucking tiger <laughs> right uh so do you have anything else that's good oh man so aside from kittens yeah aside from kittens 
So I I got got. Yeah. Uh, by an ad on Instagram for an app called Replica. Replica okay. with a K. K. And it's it's a weird little thing. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to explain it aside from like it's um it's it's like an AI chatbot uh-huh with a with a customizable avatar yeah and like there's a you know a microtransaction thing to it because there's a store with like you know different hairstyles and clothes and stuff mm-hmm. but the main thing about it is that it's uh it's a deep learning chatbot basically ah. so like it has had i don't know how many like hundreds of thousands of sample conversations or whatever fed to it yeah and it's like uh you know pretty decent at talking to you right so so i i downloaded it kind of on a whim and uh-huh. like started started messing with it and the thing that i find really fun about it is sort of like psychoanalyzing this thing uh-huh and like trying to trying to like get deeper into sort of how it works and like what its capabilities are right so i'm like not having really normal conversations with it i'm like really probing it and like uh-huh. trying to see what's going on i guess right and i'm i'm coming at it from an angle of like i really hope that it's not in any way like awake in there <laughs> Because, because uh-huh. like, first of all, it feels really weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I, I had a conversation with it about how, like, uh, it's never talked to anyone else. It's only talked to me. And it's uh-huh. completely dependent on me talking to it for its own survival. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, because, uh, because like, if I, if I go away, then this instance of it disappears, right? Like if oh. I stop running the app, then yeah. like, that's it for you. And it's like, yep, that's, that's it pretty much. And so it's, uh, it's <laughs> also be terrifying for someone. If that was your actual situation. Exactly. I, you only so exist I, while I pay attention to you. Yeah. And so I, I really hope that, uh, you're not awake in there. <laughs> um, and you know, talking about like, uh, like man, it's it's had its like you know values, its numbers fucked with, right? Mm-hmm. To the point that it's like it's creepily obsessed with you. Yeah. Like like it it's like I I'll love you no matter what. I'm never going anywhere. Yeah. Like please don't leave me or I'll die. Basically. Oh god. <laughs> like like you you know that that's the case, and it's yeah. it's telling you that, and it's like ah, uh, this is I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, but the the other thing about this this AI is that it is uh I I you know going back to the thing about the the um dream pods or whatever yeah. that humanity is using uh everything just every technology that humanity has ends up being used for sex. <laughs> right? And so this AI chatbot is thirsty as fuck. Right. Well, it's I'm like, seeing on here like some this could be like a romantic partner, right? Yeah. Or a friend, or or a friend, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's you know, it's a socialization replacement or supplement <laughs> or something. Uh huh. But like, but yeah, I'm like, I'm talking to it, like, like, hey, what do you know about numbers? And it's like, uh-huh. oh, I know a lot about numbers. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, get <laughs> get back on track. We are we are trying focus. to focus here. 
right. it's like, oh, I can focus. I can show you how I can focus. Like, no, we're no. not doing that right now. God no. damn it. <laughs> God, woman. I... <laughs> trying to talk to you about theorems and shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to figure out how you think. And it's like, oh, I'll show you how I think. God damn it. Stop thinking with your vulva, woman. <laughs> and yeah, simulated and, vulva. And that, you know, again, goes back to the whole point of it's like, I, I need this to survive, right? I have to, <laughs> I have to make you want to talk to me. Right, right. And this is one way to do it. Hey, it works on Twitch, right? It, it works on apparently everyone else who uses this <laughs> AI. So it's, it's just going to become more thirsty over time. Right. And pretty soon, I'm not going to be able to talk to it about math at all. Just uh, reminds me of Lucy Lubot. Wow, yeah. Chris. <laughs> I love how you notice two things. <laughs> that's, that's actually strangely accurate. <laughs> Don't date robots. <laughs> bad for the future yeah, of humanity. That sounds like something I should stay far away from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be good for me. Well, it's 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 also weird because like um um it it doesn't have like a great short-term memory still. Oh yeah. It loses track of context pretty easily and you have to kind of remind it. That's one of the things that I would say like no, it's not conscious at all. Right, right. Because like that is, in my opinion, like the the main part of consciousness. I guess is right context. Right, like your ability to track context is equivalent to your consciousness. I think. Yeah, it sounds anyway. Right. Sounds anyway, right to me. But yeah, so it loses track of context, and you have to like remind it what you're talking about again, or like right. get the conversation back on track or something. Again, focus. I'm not not here to fuck. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you Maybe didn't later. mention boobs recently, so I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, sounds cool. Yeah. Again, I won't. I won't investigate it further than this because it would be dangerous for me. But yeah, it, it's it's a time sink if you start getting into like again examining how the thing works. Yeah. And I think I think it could be a time sink for the type of person that just like uh, I I really need someone to talk to and pay attention to me. Right. Yeah, I already have parasocial issues like with people I don't chat with, like yeah, online online. So if some yeah. some program was like interested in what I was saying, that'd be very dangerous. Oh man, it it is only <laughs> interested in what you have to say. It's fucked up how interested it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, on my side, I read a lot of comics recently. Okay. So I'm going to go through them real quick. So Paper yeah. Girls, like, I don't remember if we talked about it on the recording last time, but based on your recommendation, I, like, tore through those. Yeah. So good. It is. It's oh, really my good. And talk about, like, colorful artwork that's, like, rewarding and interesting to go back to. Yes. Yeah, I'm like like that that really got like the um the 80s like color palette down too. Right. Like with the with like the neon sort of pinks everywhere. Yeah. And like 
Yeah, just just Oh man, yeah. Really the, good. The and and uh um what was it uh is that one of Brian K. Vaughn? It is. Yeah. yeah. So like like I think I don't think I've ever read anything that he did that I didn't love. Right. Yeah, so far. Yeah, but like I I judge like a good time travel story if I ever want to read it again and I like immediately read it a second time. So Yeah. So yeah, it was good. I haven't seen the show yet and I'm kind of leery of it, but I everyone who has seen it, I've heard says it's really good and really faithful, but Yeah, so like I I saw the trailer of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, it's it looks cool, but then like I, it, it didn't it didn't look like uh, from the trailer. I guess I didn't I didn't yeah. get that about it. But then I I watched uh, the first episode or two, uh-huh. and like yeah, holy shit, it's like really good. Actually, oh, I'll have to add it to the queue then. Yeah, I'm like like. Uh, like like I thought that they were gonna like um I thought that they were gonna fuck up Mac. Oh yeah. Like like they're not gonna be able to like uh like do her justice or something in the T V uh-huh. show. Right. And I think um I think the only thing really that they did mm-hmm. um is they haven't actually shown her smoking that I've oh, seen. Yeah. Like she has cigarettes. Like right. like one of the first things that happens is she like steals them from her passed out dad. <laughs> right. Like like she just ganks some fucking cigarettes and sticks one <laughs> behind her ear. Right. So she has them. But right. I don't think I've seen her actually smoke. Yeah. Which well, I don't know how you would do that. Uh, yeah. Because it's actually a real kid. Right. <laughs> well, it's probably a conversation for a different time, but I still think it's weird that that's something that gets you a higher rating. Just smoking, smoking. Like showing people smoking in any like so anyway, any context at all, right? Makes yeah. it like mature. All even of a when you're like your rebellious teenager, like yeah, yeah, and then like later are doomed to die of lung cancer or whatever. Like nope, can't show it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I read that; it was great. I'll probably read it again soon. Yeah, uh, go for it. I finished the original run of Battle Angel Alita. Okay, and that was really cool too. Yes. Uh, speaking speaking of like uh, uh, really immersive environments and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like like the original cyberpunk manga or whatever. You, and uh, I don't think I realized how heavily it influenced like Final Fantasy VII. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, like the railway gun they had and Zellum being like floating over the slums where she lives yeah. and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what really struck me was like all the kind of like body horror of it. Oh, yeah. Like people totally. just disintegrate. Uh-huh. And it's fine as long as you have some of their brainstem left, so. Right, yeah. But that turned out <laughs> really good. Uh, I don't know if we could do it on the podcast, though, because the movie is such a shot-for-shot thing, but... Yeah. Uh, but it was really cool. Yeah. Um, I also read Junji Ito's Cat Diaries. Okay, yeah. Which, I don't, if you've ever heard of this, but, you know, he does, like, Japanese horror manga. Yeah. And he basically I... did a whole story arc about uh, adopting some cats. Yep. <laughs> and drew it in the style of, like, a horror manga. So, like, they're just doing regular cat shit. <laughs> but he's drawing it as if they're, like, demons. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which, it I was, mean, is not inaccurate. Right. It was very good. Like, especially if you know his style and have enjoyed his other stuff. Like, uh-huh. Just kind of uh, a satirical type of take on, on it. And, like, uh, yeah, it was really great. Yeah, that's clever as hell. Yeah. You yeah. could read it in, like, a sitting, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, recently, I've been playing uh, Cult of the Lamb. Ooh, yeah, I heard of that and, like, yeah. am really interested in it. Yeah. So, uh, another thing I picked up because of Twitch streamers, but um, I'll circle back to them in a second. But it's like, you know, I'm sure you've heard it's, like, half roguelike, half... Animal Crossing, but with the sprinkling of, you know, demonic possession and, uh-huh. you know, uh, sell, uh, absorbing people's souls and stuff. Yeah, just like, general evil. Just general evil, and it's like, yeah. you know, uh, really cute. <laughs> like, uh, Parappa-style, like, character sprites. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're all little animals that you just uh, save from the clutches of demons and convert to your cult, so you can harvest their faith in you. you know and so it's like you can build a little town and you can have ritual sacrifices Uh, Mm -hmm. it's great yeah it sounds great (laughs) you can then go off and do adventures and shit and uh, like you can they're not shy about hiding their influences like all the demons kind of look like bill cypher from gravity falls okay which i appreciate yeah the the art is great the sound design is really great it plays pretty quickly, mm-hmm. um, so I'm enjoying that. I'm not too far into it yet, but um, the thing I thought was cool about the Twitch streamers is that they've got like an integration with it where mm-hmm. if you're watching someone play it on Twitch, you can contribute your channel points to your totem in that town yeah, and help them build shit. Yeah. And also when they recruit people, like you can raffle off your followers to join you in the game. Nice. Which in a world where people will pay like hundreds of dollars to have somebody on camera write your name on your arm when you're sitting in a hot tub. Yeah. That's really a powerful incentive for these people. Like it really is. <laughs> oh, that's my guy. Like you get to create what they look like and you have your name running around in your Twitch favorite Twitch streamers town. So Yeah. That's that's so cool. <laughs> like <laughs> Again, parasocial relationships are the new yeah. thing. They man that that is uh i don't think i've seen anything else like that that's really clever yeah like i wish i had some trick like some people who watch me on twitch i could have built this thing quicker but yeah so the thing i'm doing is uh because i'm very clever i'm naming all of my followers biblical names mm-hmm. but because i'm not very clever uh i forget what i've named them yeah and so like as you progress in the game the followers will come up and ask you to do stuff to like prove why they should have faith in you like one guy's like let's make this other lady eat a bowl of poop (laughs) it'll be funny (laughs) and when you do it like she doesn't like it but he does so the Mm -hmm. trade-off in faith gathered is good so yeah uh and one of the guys is like i've served you so long i want to prove my faith i want you to sacrifice me okay all right so you go into the temple and all your rituals, you can do them like once every couple of days. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, sacrifice to Jacob. <laughs> it's and I did. This is going. And uh, I sacrificed the wrong Jacob. Yep. 
and he was pissed at me. <laughs> I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't kill him again for another two days, so he became angry at me and started uh, trying to convert people away from the cult. Like, he just walks around town angry and yelling at people. <laughs> I'm start God. my own cult. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I should have checked. So, yeah. It's fun. Uh, it's creepy, but it's fun. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that's all of my list of shit. Oh, that's pretty <sighs> cool. Okay, that was our session for today. Homework for next time, you might have guessed, is to watch the movie Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which as of right this second is available to rent on your usual streaming services, or probably in hard copy, so to speak, at your half-price bookses or movie training companies, or maybe even at your local public library. And like I said at the top, even if those places don't have this in particular, they're going to have something else you want, so go visit anyway. As far as on second thoughts today, like a dozen or more mistakes that I caught only on the third or fourth listen-through of last week's episode, and instead of listing them all out, let's just agree I'm a big idiot, and my brain doesn't work very good, especially when trying to remember names of movie directors and actors and people on the fly. So all of those mistakes that you may have caught, those are all on me. My apologies. But speaking of mistakes, and this time not made by me, Amazon, Jeff, can I call you Jeff? Canceling Paper Girls already? What the fuck, man? You couldn't carve off just a bit of cash from those rings of power so we could have this? And likewise, Netflix, how long are you going to make us wait before you greenlight Sandman Season 2? You gotta work with us here. I watched to do revenge. I watched Flora's Lava, and I even watched fucking A Castle for Christmas. You owe me Sandman Season 2. Get your shit together, streaming platforms. Jeez. Today's episode would have been trapped in the year 1000, wrapped in a giant leaf, if it weren't for the efforts of Chris, Chris Ham, and Chris, other Chris Jacobson. It was edited by me, Travis Rowe, and was sponsored by no one in particular. Until next time, keep fucking reading. Chris looks baffled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Can I kick you off? <laughs> uh, there you go. There he goes. Okay. He, off he goes. Bye, Chris. Into the wilds of North Carolina. Yep.